Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times calls it an absurd, unwieldy, overplotted movie that nevertheless is entertaining, and some of the fun comes from the way the plot keeps laying it on. Janet Maslin described it as having been made in a style best described as enthusiastic. And Jeffrey Anderson of the San Francisco Examiner, not The Sun Also Sets, says it's a mix of exhilarating adventure and smart comedy. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of of inner space. Which one will it be? Greetings, Starfighters. Welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, as far as I know, Ruined Childhoods. I'm Dan. With me, as always, is John. I always want to say with me, as always, is Garth. So, hey, John. Yeah. Party on, Dan. Party on, John. So, unfortunately, Dan and I are in our respective cities in the Pacific Northwest, Portland and Seattle. (laughs) We are are no longer uh, together in the same room. But man, oh man, that was fun. No, though, I mean, yeah. How how much fun was it to do back to school in school? In a school. The week of. That was crazy. The week of back to school, of going. That's true. Back to school. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, we're actually recording this the night before that episode comes out. So brace yourselves. It's, it's funny because it's like, I'll look up things to talk about for like reboot news. And it's like, they're, it's old news, but so I'm kind of debating, do I, is it really even worth it? Do we just want to call things out like that on social media and, you know, because here's here's what I'm about to say. Here's what I'm about to say. That's sorry. I'm on wine. It's been a long day. Um, here's what I'm about to say is I'm such so a nothing excited. statement that I just made because of course this is something that I'm about to say. Um, we've got news of a face-off remake. Paramount has uh, announced that they are going to be doing a face-off remake. So. And it's the the writer from 22 Jump Street, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so that's information. Um, <laughs> yeah. or he co-wrote 22 Jump Street. His name is Oren uh, Uziel, Uziel. Okay. And uh, he also wrote on the Cloverfield Paradox and the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Okay. Uh, so who's to say what's going on with that? And we got an email from French Fry Phil in telling us that there's a Mr. Mom series coming to Voodoo. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I've always wondered, I've always thought to myself, all right, Mr. Mom is kind of a, a dated, like at the time it was a very, you know, very relevant and very, you know, yep. Mom's going to work. Dad's staying home. And I, I will, when around the time when I was doing the stay at home dad thing, when we first moved from New York to Seattle, and I was at home with Chloe, who was then um, you know, one and a half, two, and just kind of figuring out the, okay, how do I do her hair? And, mm-hmm. you know, making healthy, which first of all, it was like none of that was, it was, I don't think any of it was comedic enough to be included in a series. But it's also kind of, I mean, you know, like, you know, you and and Laura you know, you divide your responsibilities, not in terms of what men do and what women do, but just in terms of, okay, who's doing this? So, yeah. But the important thing is that we both use an iron to make grilled cheese. Wow. Doesn't he do that in the movie? Oh yeah. I think he does. Doesn't he? (laughs) Oh yeah. I think that's when he, is that when he's kind of like getting the hang of it and he's like, Hey, I can, uh, it's before he's like Mr. Mom. It's when he's like junior Mr. Mom. Okay. Is is it after like the pot belly beard phase? Yes. 
I believe. No, yeah. I think it's mid that. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while. So anyway, so yeah, and I'm sorry, I haven't seen it's, you know, it's back to school week for me as well. So I'm a little bit out of the loop in terms of, of news. Well, now you're all caught up. There's been some other things, but it's like, by the time we post this episode, it's going to be old news. Yeah. So, so no, I, I, I might just start popping stuff up on our Instagram uh, at Ruin Childhoods pod. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the way to go. And also, but also I think kind of there's a space for us here to talk about trailers and talk about trailers of interest. And I will say mm-hmm. uh, a few episodes back, John, you, you had mentioned you'd seen the trailer for the upcoming remake of Jacob's Ladder. So, oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah, this is this is like a little while back, but I I was kind of hopping around IMDb and saw the, the link for it. And I checked out the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just like I really I'm a I'm a big fan of the original. I'm I'm curious to see how close this is to Jacob's ladder. Like, does it really, cause it's like about two brothers and one of them right, is supposedly the brother thing is a new thing. Yeah. And one of them is supposedly killed in the war and that it, like in Vietnam, I think it's still Vietnam, which is uh, what it was. Oh really? In, I didn't notice that. Well, I couldn't tell because like it didn't look very like, I guess it would have been like seventies by the time it, he comes in, but I'm pretty sure the synopsis said it was Vietnam, hmm. which is, I mean, that's what it was in the, uh, the 1990 version, uh, directed by Adrian line and, uh, starring Tim Robbins, which is mm-hmm. a great movie. It is, I mean, not for, um, I, if you're really looking for a movie, that's going to kind of, I don't know, kind of fuck you up for a couple hours. Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder falls under that that small category of like like altered states and yeah. Well, if you need a palate cleanser and you still want to watch something with Tim Robbins, you might be interested in The Player, which also has Meg Ryan in it who is in inner space and The Player also had uh Nick Nolte and Susan Sarandon who are in Lorenzo's Oil. John, every one of your <laughs> Six Degrees of Lorenzo's Oil is now going to be from the player because everybody... Everyone's in it. Well, well, but also, so the player... So Lorenzo's Oil came out in December 1992. The player came out earlier that year. So pretty much Mm -hmm. like everyone... And the player, for for those... If any of you haven't seen it, it is one of Robert Altman's best, if not his best. Um, it, It is a... It's a kind of murder mystery set in Hollywood and it's very much a satire of and critique of Hollywood. Yeah. And you have a lot of people playing themselves. Like there's one scene where it's, it's this big party and everyone's there and someone uh, makes a comment, like one of the characters in it makes a comment about like, Hey, there's Andy McDowell and here's Malcolm McDowell and let's get them together. And Mm -hmm. it's, it, yeah, I, I, the player's fantastic. It's a great movie, but like everyone who was in Hollywood is in that movie. <laughs> Every, everyone yeah. from the nineties. Um, so, yeah, so my, so my six degrees of Lorenzo's oil isn't a direct, uh, inner space matchup, but it's, it's too off. Meg, Meg Ryan, uh, is in inner space. Right. Yeah. And she is also in the player with Nick Nolte and Susan Sarandon. So, well, isn't that one degree of separation between her and Lorenzo's oil? Or- oh, no, 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 no. Meg Ryan isn't in the player. Meg Ryan was in IQ with Tim Robbins, who oh, was in the player. That's what it yes. was. Yes. You know, I mean, for all I, I was like, yeah, Meg Ryan was famous in 1992. Why wouldn't she have been in the player? I'm pretty sure she wasn't in the player, but I know she was in IQ. So she definitely was in IQ with Walter Matthau as well. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. No. So (laughs) Walter Matthau is awesome. So my six. All right. It's absolutely true. But yeah. So I remember when you were uh, 
when we talked about when we did for back to school, you'd said that it was just like crazy coincidence. You had just watched the player Mm -hmm. randomly watched, watch the player and like, Oh, there's Sally Kellerman. And, um, you know, who is in quite a few Robert Altman movies. And Mm -hmm. I had a similar situation, not that, not a movie that I watched, but as I was watching inner space and like, kind of, like just going through and kind of like looking back at some of the, the actors and, and their roles. I came across a Meg Ryan movie that I'd totally forgotten about, but it was actually in the trivia for inner space. Cause it references that she and Dennis Quaid met on inner space. And then they were mm-hmm. married until 2001 when they split up. And I was like, Holy shit. That's because she was in that movie with Russell Crowe and she had a thing going on with Russell Crowe and every, and I remember I saw that movie proof of life. And so I was just kind of like, I was like, Oh, they don't acknowledge that here. Let me look at the proof of So I went over to the proof of life. Yeah. IMDB. And I'm like, oh, who's, you know, and Margot Martindale. Margot Martindale was in Proof of Life. So uh, then it struck me. (laughs) Whoa, that's a good one. There was, (laughs) so so, I didn't intentionally cheat and use the internet, but. No, no, no. Hey, it's fine. Um, But a Margot Martindale poll is a pretty good poll. Um, Now. You might be able to help me with the alley-oop on this one, but I feel like I remember a poster or like VHS cover of Nick Nolte holding Martin Short. You are thinking of Three Fugitives. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. I have never seen it to my knowledge, but I have this vision of... Nick Nolte and and like holding Martin Short and I'm guessing there's somebody else on the cover there's too. There's a kid. It's a kid because it's like um I think Nick Nolte is like an an a reformed criminal or reformed bank robber and Martin Short is like he's a you know down on his luck single dad with a kid and he he like tries to to rob a bank but he's just screwing it <laughs> up and Nick I think Nick Nolte like helps him. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, uh, wow. so there you, you go. did help me with the alley-oop because I was like, I feel like maybe I was trying to, I thought that for, maybe I was like imagining it, hoping that it was something. You were wishing it into existence. Yeah, kind of, but it exists. No, it exi- th- no need to wish into, I have never seen another, it as well. Another Lorenzo's oil link. Uh, co- collision. Um, yeah, no, I do remember, uh, it was a remake of a French film. Oh, cool. I never saw either, but fair enough. I know this much. So we've mentioned Meg Ryan. We've mentioned Dennis Quaid. We've mentioned Martin Short. Let's talk inner space. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk inner space. Wow. Um, so the stats, um, we're inconsistent with that, but I'm feeling up on it. Now, That's fine. 1987, directed by Mr. Joe Dante, director of Gremlins. Gremlins. I mean, among among other things, Matinee. Um, uh, oh, I was about to say American Werewolf in London, but I don't believe he, he did that. Explorers. Oh, yeah. Explorers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Joe Dante is great. Joe Dante. Yeah. And um, so this movie did not, I was looking up the box office stats and it did not, it was not as big of a hit as I remember it being. Well, what else was coming out around that time? um, Like I, th- I want to say because I think it was like July Fourth weekend of nineteen eighty eighty seven. I didn't see it in the theater, by the way. Um. By the way, this is other theater news. Uh, oh. The so we had sp- we had spoken about the Rialto Theater in Westfield, where Dan has seen many movies, uh, and I had seen many movies too. But Dan remembers pretty much all of them. Um, 
growing up, uh, we talked about how that had closed, and also our hometown theater in Cranford, New Jersey. The Cranford Theater is closed. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Um, talk about ruining childhoods, right? What is what is happening? Yeah, so if we've got anyone on the ground there in the Cranford-Westfield area, uh, you know, the 908, the... Uh, 07016. I don't know. Let us know <laughs> what's like, seriously, what's happening? Um, the only acceptable responses, by the way, are that these theaters are being restored to their former three screen yeah, right. and two screen versions, which the Cranford Theater, by the way, just looked like it was a huge, majestic palace theater that was just divided by a wall in the middle so they could show mm-hmm. two movies. I always wanted it to go back to one screen. My fondest memory of seeing a movie at the Cranford Theater was when our brother Scott and I went to go see Stargate. And if I'm not mistaken, Scott was 14. I was 12. Are you doing the mental math now? The Stargate came out out in 94. So, I mean, it came out late 94. So I would have been 11. Almost 12. 12. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I believe that I went to it after bowling practice. I, I was in a bowling league, and I believe I went to it after bowling. And Scott told them that we were both like 12 so that we could get the child's pricing instead of the, you know, him having to pay full price. And even though it probably wasn't our money, I don't know why he'd said that, but because he said that and it was PG-13, <laughs> they wouldn't let us buy tickets. So we had to call our mother who came by to buy us the tickets so we could get in. I I think I remember that story. <laughs> I think I remember yeah. that happening. Um, I mentioned it to Scott the other day. He did not remember. <laughs> he claims. He claims. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'll say some of my Cranford Theater memories are, uh, you know, some of the ones that stand out. I remember, I remember really clearly going to see Bram Stoker's Dracula the weekend that it opened in 1992. And I remember that. So it was a twin theater, then it was two screens, and that was what was playing on both screens. And I feel like I remember like so many kids that I went to school with being there. And it was, it was just like, it was an event for some reason. Yeah. It was kind of an event. And I remember seeing, so I saw Pulp Fiction there the third time I saw it in the theater. I remember you telling me that I wasn't allowed to see Pulp Fiction until I was 15. Oh, yeah. No, there's, I would still <laughs> not allow, like, <laughs> I'm yeah, still not I would allowed say to 15 is kind of the. <laughs> but no, well, you John, talked I mean, about it so much. It you talked about it so much. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember exactly how old I was when I saw it, but I remember you telling me that I couldn't see it until I was 15. Oh, yeah. I mean,. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Then again, I don't know. You saw Spaceballs when you were four. I, I guess the curve. You keep on talking about that. The curve was the curve was thrown off. Um, so well, let's talk about Inner let's space. talk about Inner Space, which I yeah. did not see in the movie theater, but I do remember. Um, I do remember the circumstances of seeing it for the first time. And do tell. So this was a, and this kind of shows that we're not just, you know, Johnny come or Danny come lately's to the public library scene. We rented <laughs> inner space on VHS from the CPL Cranford public library. Did we really? We did. We did. <laughs> I remember it was like the Brown cover with like the yellow tag and just the oh, tight. Yeah. yeah. So we rented that and inner the interspace VHS blew my mind because it was the very first VHS tape that I saw in, in letterbox format. Oh, and it introduced me to letterbox format. And I was like all this time, it had never occurred to me that you're getting ripped off. I was getting like literally that the movie was, that something was being ripped from me. I was not getting yeah. 
everything. And it, I remember it showed a like a demo in the beginning of the tape because it was like, I don't, it might've been like the first VHS with letterboxing. So they had to like explain it to people because I mean, for years it's like your TV is not broken. We're just showing you the movie the Mm -hmm. way it's supposed to look. And they showed a side by side of, it was like the bar scene, the the scene in the bar. And when it's, and we'll get to this when we talk about the movie, but um, like the cowboy Martin short and Meg Ryan, are in the shot and they show you like the pan and scan where it's like, you don't even see the cowboy or you don't even like, you right. don't see one of them. And then they show you the letterbox. And for me, cause I watched so many VHS tapes and movies at home. I was like, I was like, it makes it like you're seeing it in the theater, which, yeah, I mean, th- and that was like, I, I just couldn't like I never saw Pan and Scan the same after that. And yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I would accept it begrudgingly. But I remember uh learning about Pan and Scan and the difference the most with Ghostbusters because they'd, you know, they'd cut Ernie Hudson out of shots and they'd like the movement would be weird when they were doing this, the pan well, of the pan and scan. The And this is how much I watched movies on VHS. The pan and scan on Columbia TriStar home video <laughs> was very, it was like very artificial. Like you, like you were saying, it was, it was this very artificial, like, Hey, I saw it in the movie and this is not how it looked. It was like a very... Right obvious like shitty pan and scan like um i remember i like would watch i, I remember it on the league of their own was one where it was like really <laughs> obvious so really? i remember i remember it being like almost unbearable to watch with a league of their own so thank you interesting but then they started selling more vhs in letterbox format and I remember I would always hunt down if there was a letterbox version of a movie I wanted oh, yeah. to buy. I mean, sometimes it didn't it didn't matter. Like, you know, airplane. <laughs> Just sure loses loses nothing because it's yeah. Well, I mean, I guess there are tons of visual gags, but they're not going to shortchange you the punchline of one of those jokes. Right. And they're usually front and center. So anyway, I, yeah. Um, inner space. So inner, so inner space. And yeah. Um, by the way, I, I have to tell you and pass this along for me as I started watching the movie and the title started coming up. The first thing I thought was it's a Steven Spielberg production. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Steven Spielberg himself produced it. I. Uh, one of my first thoughts when, cause I rewatched it, I, I watched it pretty recently, um, before yesterday, but, uh, something that always strikes me is how great the title of the movie is. Inner space. How good is that title? Inner space. It's great. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, they get it. It looks like outer space, but it's not outer space. It's inside of a body. Well, they, it's inner space. Yeah. They, they take it. I think it's a line in, in fantastic voyage. Where they're talking oh. about, um, you know, kind of the just that next frontier. It's not going further yeah. out. It's going you know, deeper, deeper within. So, um, yeah. So, so inner space is about a uh, kind of washed up uh, fighter pilot named uh, Lieutenant Tuck Pendleton, played by uh, Dennis Quaid. Brilliantly, I should Quaid. add. Uh, He's so good. He's so good. Um, And then we have uh, Jack Putter, who's played (laughs) by Martin Short, who is a grocery store clerk who kind of has every ailment in the book. And he's going to his doctor so much that his doctor like thanks him for keeping him in practice, basically. And I (laughs) the two of them (laughs) certainly would have no reason to ever encounter one another. But wait. Uh, Tuck Pendleton is involved in a secret project, uh, to be shrunken down inside of this essentially little spaceship pod, um, and go be injected inside of a rabbit to, uh, study, you know, 
if that's possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, to study like, all right, what what are the possibilities of... Well, they, they wanted to see if you could kind of link into a rabbit and communicate with it mm-hmm. from the inside. It was something like that. Was it so that the U.S. Could government do- could have mind control over the rabbits? It's got to be that. Well, it, it was like, oh, if we can do it on rabbits, and certainly we can do it with people and so on and so forth. So they shrink them down, but before they can inject them into the rabbit, what's up? You look confused. No, I'm thinking I was like, wait a second. It's, it's like an inception kind of deal. It's like, it's um, kind of, it's kind of brilliant. I, I really like it. Um, I always thought it was like but, for medical research, but now I'm thinking I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. If you put literally put voices in someone's head. Right. I, I mean, they might have set, had some line in there about it being for like biological purposes, like curing diseases, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's but one of those I, finer details that I tend to, that tends to get glossed over. Yeah. So, but it doesn't matter because it's just so much fun. So he gets shrunken down and he's in a syringe. And before he can get injected into the rabbit, a competing, um, like technology firm, uh, breaks in and steal, wants to steal the syringe because there are two little circuits that you need. And one of them makes it smaller and one of them makes it larger so they steal the one that makes it smaller, but the one that makes it larger is on the pod that's shrunken down. So I know it's kind of crazy. So um, there's that whole part with the eat me, drink me. Yeah. Which my, the, there's yeah. such a great line in there that Martin Short has that I had never caught before where it's like, eat me, drink me. And they're like, what's that from? What's that from? He goes, it's the exorcist. No, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. It's the exorcist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so basically what happens is uh, one of the scientists grabs a syringe and is chased through a shopping center, which is very vibrant. There's a lot going on in there. By the way, that and shopping center probably would look familiar. I think it's the same, like, I I, I want to say it's the Sherman Oaks Galleria. I feel like they shot mall it, scenes it's for the like- the Sherman Oaks Fashions, Fashion Square. Fashion Square? Because yeah. I feel like, what, did they make like Terminator there or Terminator 2? Was that like the same mall? Oh, no, it wasn't Sherman Oaks. It's uh, Santa Clarita. Because it was two. There were two of them that they used. Oh, yeah? Yeah. On the, on the door of the mall, it said Santa Clarita Fashion Square. Right. I think- Oh, was that the, was I, that the same one as the uh, Terminator? I think the interior is the Sherman Oaks Galleria, which I'm pretty sure is the one that like he goes to in Terminator 2. Huh. Well, I mean- I feel it's got a very similar vibe of major chase sequence. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. People getting shot. In, and people ro- getting shot. Well, and the irony the, is uh, Mr. Oh, sorry. But, um, like, uh, Mr. Igo, the, uh, kind Mr. Of Igo. Hicko, hit, He's hit like man. a Terminator type. Well, yeah, apparently that's, he based his performance on oh, did Schwarzenegger he? and the Terminator. So he, so. he has a removable, he has like a, cyborg hand that he can remove and his hand is a gun and uh we'll get to some other things he does with it later and uh <laughs> other implications other things that i totally missed as a child uh, and um, yeah yeah so um the scientist injects uh tuck into the first person he sees which is jack putter who was at the mall because he was getting uh, tickets for a cruise mm-hmm. because his doctor told him to take a vacation from, from his, his problems, problems. <laughs> but also literally. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So then, uh, it's a just crazy series of events to try to find a way to get Tuck out of him before his oxygen runs out, which is the next day. I always thought that this movie took place over a longer period of time. Again, this keeps on happening, but no, it's just one day. Well, I mean, because there's, I'm, because there's the, it's weird because there's the night that, um, that Jack gets drunk is, which I think yeah. is the first night, but then there, isn't there also another night that like the night when, when they go meet up with the cowboy or 
Yeah, but it it's, it takes like as from the point that he gets injected, it's essentially twenty four hours. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, it's like by his at nine a.m. tomorrow, his oxygen's gonna run out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, whatever. So, it's uh, not. But you meant <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mentioned that first night though. That's the night that we meet Lydia, played by mm-hmm. Meg Ryan, who is Tuck's uh, ex girlfriend. Oh. oh, sorry, I. Uh, so yeah, you're talking. So the the first part is the night when he gets drunk and she goes yeah. home with him. Um, but no, I was thinking of the night that Jack, that like Tuck is inside Jack, and Jack right. goes back to his place and gets drunk, and he dan- he does the Ed Grimley dance and. Oh, I'm pretty sure that that's like broad daylight. Oh, is that broad daylight? <sighs> yeah. That's like early in the day because then he makes him like sober up and slap himself so he can go out and drive. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I always I, just thought of that scene of be, as being at night, um, probably yeah. because he gets so So then so you've drunk. got, uh, we, we'd mentioned the cowboy. The cowboy is um, like a technology arms dealer. He's kind of he like. He buys advanced tech um, and sells it on the black market. Yes. Like, yeah, it's like governments or whatever. And we've talked about him on what episode did we back to talk school about him on Robert Picardo on back to school? He's right. Cause Giorgio. he was uh, Giorgio. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's how he came up with the idea to do interspace, I think. And he actually, anyway. Oh, and, and he's also in, um, gremlins too. He's the security. That's right. Yeah. Cause he posted that thing, um, recently with like Greta gremlin. Oh yeah. <laughs> So he's so good. Yeah. I, I like him so much and he's great as the cowboy, the cowboy, you know, he wears cowboy outfits and he is, um, of a foreign language, a foreign country, but we're not quite sure where just vaguely foreign. I feel like the accent is Latin. (laughs) Yeah. We're, it's not quite clear. And, um, yeah, loves to wear cowboy clothes and he is a, you know, uh, he is one with the ladies and uh, likes to have a good time. That's for sure. He likes to go to the local nightclubs. And um, yeah, so the only other person that we haven't mentioned so far is Scrimshaw, played by <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, who's yes. so good. He is the guy who runs the competing like tech firm who is uh, trying to get the circuits from... I forget what the tech company is that shrinks down Pendleton, oh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I forget what it is. So, yeah. but he's so good. I the one scene that I never even like focused on before is when it shows him in his like corner office, and it's got this like pink light on, and he's wearing a white suit, and his dog is white, and it just shows him as like bright pink because of this light. And then it pans back and it's just this empty like warehouse and they're just in the corner of it. It's super weird. (laughs) And that's when he's on the phone with the woman who is uh, having a special moment with Mr. Igo. Oh, right. Yeah. Margaret. (laughs) Um, Margaret Kanker. That's right. Margaret Kanker, the doctor who's... I, doing this. I feel like all of the names, like they're so Joe Dante because he is, I mean, he, he's brilliant, but like, he's got this sense of humor that is just so bizarre. What's up? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you like froze. You're periodically freezing, but then, yeah. Oh, so sorry. Uh, so I think that we pretty much covered it. The, there's just a, a big chase. And really what this is about is uh, is Jack Putter coming out of his shell mm-hmm. and becoming this hero. And there's a moment when he, because he's being kind of influenced by this voice in his head, uh, Tuck Pendleton, who, you know, attaches himself to the ears and the eyes and can see and hear and communicate and everything with Jack. And... Um, you know, he's getting him to do these things and push mm-hmm. himself. And uh, there's a point when Tuck is no longer in Jack because Jack kisses Lydia and he's inside Lydia. 
where Jack knows that Tuck isn't inside him, like controlling him and influencing his like adrenal glands and getting him to do things where he still like kicks a guy down a flight of stairs and runs off. So it's like he's found his confidence and he, well, he says, I know, it's a, well, he, th- I think he does think because he's like, no, Tuck will give me the strength of a thousand men. And I'm pretty sure at that point when he, kicks the guy in the stairs, he doesn't realize Tuck's not in him. I thought that that was right after he realized that he, that Tuck was in Lydia. No, I think that's when he realizes it. I think it's like right, I feel like it's right after yeah. that. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really neat movie. It's, it's, you know, this weird like tech adventure comedy thriller. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it covers and all the bases, but it covers all the bases and everyone like really puts in their most with their performances. And of course, you get uh, Martin Short doing the Martin Short things. You got to have him dancing and being weird. I happen to watch the movie Clifford the other night and oh. he does the same stuff. Well, it's, it's I mean, the dance is the, the Ed Grimley thing, but it's the Ed Grimley dance. Like but, to your point yeah. about it being a a comedy thriller sci-fi whatever it so there's this there's the the chase scene when he's in he's in uh martin short is in the 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 freezer truck with with scrimshaw and and tuck tuck is back in him and tuck gives him does he give him the courage to to kind of jump out and lydia is driving the car behind and by the way, great line in there when Jack kind of like leaps through the door and is kind of like hanging off the door and, and Scrimshaw goes, he, he yells, um, oh, where is it? I had to write this down. It was so good. Um, it's, come in here, you Safeway clerk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so great. <laughs> and um, so there's a. So there's Martin Short, who's pulling off, who's doing physical comedy. He's standing on the windshield of the convertible that Meg Ryan is driving. It's during a this chase scene that's, you know, exciting and adventure. You've got the action and comedy happening at the same time. It let me later on, you've got a chase scene going on and two fight scenes going on simultaneously because there's the fight scene going with Mr. Igo. <laughs> In oh yeah, Jack. Mis- right. Mister Igo gets shrunken down, and be- using that stolen chip, and enters Jack's body to kill Pendleton. Yeah, oh, it's so confusing. But but man, it's great. Uh, notice there's a whole lot of smoking. There is a whole lot of smoking. There's yeah. a whole lot of smoking in inner space. Not something you'd see in a uh, in a PG rated movie these days. Of course, there's also some uh, violence. Or was it was inner space rated PG or PG thirteen? Because I'm like, there's gunfire. I maybe there was an f bomb. No, PG, PG. Um. So, oh, and by the way, it it opened the same weekend as Adventures in Babysitting. Okay. And it was in theaters. It opened the week after Dragnet, Spaceballs, Full Metal Jacket. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was in, in the thick of it. So that was a, uh, a a busy summer, but yeah, it ranked, I want to say like 47th in in the year's box office, 47th. That's not good. 37th. Um, well, I, from what I had read online, it, they said that like their, the marketing wasn't, uh, wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was 47 wow. for the year, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's the And the dialogue, I never, there's, there's just so many lines that I never caught or I never realized were so funny. Like the doctor, um, when Jack first hears Tuck and he thinks he's he's possessed and the doctor comes and the doctor is so calm with Jack. He coddles him so much. Yeah. And 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 Jack was like, yeah, no, the voices are talking to me. And he goes, oh, see that demons talk through you, not to you. And the <laughs> delivery was so brilliant. I was and I was it was funny. You, you know, you, you reference what about Bob? I was like Richard Dreyfus would totally be great in that role. 
in a yeah, remake. Right. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, where do you see inner space falling into present day? Well, here's something that I don't know if I've I don't I don't think I've actually ever shared. And is that inner space is An one exclusive. of those. Well, inner space is one of those movies that is something that for a long time I've thought it's kind of sparked the idea for this podcast with long before I knew about it, because I've always thought to myself, wow, like, what if you remade inner space really like IMAX 3D? Huh. Like, yeah. it. imagine some of the I mean, I, I think if you just took the original, if you could like do a super an awesome like 3d remaster, but imagine remaking it and doing it in like really a big budget remake of inner space. Yeah. So I totally see a remake going. Um, I, I, you could clean up a couple of things. Like for instance, maybe when he's miniaturized, instead of wearing clothes that somehow miniaturize with him, maybe there's already a miniature suit in the pod. Oh, and uh-huh. so he's got to kind of do it, you know, naked, but you don't have to see anything. It's not like, you know, Terminator. We're not going to get any bare ass. So, um, I have a cast and let's hear it. I have, uh, yeah, I, I have a whole cast. I've got lots of options. So my first option, and I know I, I think I mentioned this before when we talked about twins, but the the Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart and, and you know, Kevin Hart's kind of, uh, you know, he's got his homophobia, it, his well, homophobia. Did he just get into like some crazy car accident? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. But he came yeah. out all, all right. Um, yeah, he's you know, he's I think everyone was OK, but. Um, it didn't knock the homophobia out of him. It might have knocked the. I, well, either that or I, I think. Yeah, I I feel like the homophobia has kind of been knocked out of him. So I think it could be a good collaboration for the two of them if they're looking for more projects. But then in thinking of other directions, I thought, man, you know who would be an awesome Jack Putter who could really use this type of showcase? Thomas Middleditch. Yeah. Love Thomas Middleditch. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) I think would make a great Jack Putter for that. While we're talking about Silicon Valley cast members, uh, Kumail Nanjiani would be a -hmm. great Jack. Yeah. uh, Or a great Tuck. Yeah. I mean, he's about to be, you know, in the Marvel um, Immortals. Oh, is he? Eternals. 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 Sorry. Yeah, he's uh, yeah he's one of them in there. He's a superhero now. He's a Marvel superhero now. Damn, who is it? So he could be Tuck Pendleton. He could be Tuck Pendleton to Thomas Middleditch's. Yeah. Uh, you know, Thomas Middleditch. Um, so he he's in the new Zombieland sequel. Mm-hmm. He kind of plays the uh, Bizarro Jesse Eisenberg, which is kind of perfect. Uh, he's been getting a lot of like major studio movies. Great. Yeah. Um, I think, I think this would be a wonderful major studio movie for, for him remake of inner (laughs) space now. And as Tuck, of course it's, you know, choose your Hemsworth, um, (laughs) or let's face it. If we're picking Hemsworth, it's going to be Chris. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth. He's yeah. He's great. But I also, I thought to myself, I was like, Michael B. Jordan would be great. And it would be something maybe a little different for him. And then I was thinking, I also, I got some other ideas because I'm watching Dennis Quaid and I'm like, well, man, Sam Rockwell. Love would Sam be, Rockwell. Sam Rockwell would be a great tuck. Uh, Walton Goggins could be a fun tuck. Walton Goggins is amazing. Yeah. Have you been watching The Righteous Gemstones? No, not yet. Um, no, not I haven't gotten first to of it all, First of all, talk about... Uh, Using male nudity in fantastic ways, the righteous oh. gemstones nails it. Well, geez. and Walton Goggins plays Walton Goggins plays a role in a way that I've I've never seen him play before. He's so good, um, and he he look doesn't even look like himself. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. no, I, I've seen the pictures. Um, so I was thinking about him. I thought about Will Smith. But before mm-hmm. I thought about Will Smith for Tuck, I actually had thought about Jada Pinkett Smith for Margaret 
taking that, that Margaret role, um, where I also potentially saw Christina Applegate, Julianne Moore, Angela Bassett, Angelina Jolie as Margaret Kanker, the evil scientist. As Lydia, I saw everyone from our our, our favorites, uh, Tessa Thompson and Mindy Kaling. Mm-hmm. But Mindy Kaling would make a great Lydia. Uh, I could see Elizabeth Moss. I could see Brie Larson. I think there's a lot of actresses who, and that role could also be in a remake. It could be, you know, you know, done a little, those, I mean, I think she's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty strong character. She's not just like the, yeah. she's not the damsel in distress. Um, my, uh, my Mr. Igo would be Jaimin Hunsu. Oh, okay. I, I really didn't think about anybody else. My doctor, if not Richard Dreyfus, would be Andy Daly. Oh, Andy Daly's so good at it's playing such a doctor. An, it, it is such an Andy Daly role, but I also th- I was also thinking well, of Chris he's, Parnell. He's the doctor, Chris Parnell. Well, another great doctor but, role. But how, yeah, I don't think I could see Chris Parnell play a doctor other than Doctor Spaceman. Doctor Spaceman, Doctor Spaceman, Doctor Leo Spaceman. Yeah, Andy Daly plays a doctor in Curb, I believe. Probably. Um, he plays yeah. a doctor on commercials. He plays a doctor on sitcoms. If he's not playing a principal, he's playing a doctor. But he's wonderful. I thought about him. Um, I thought about Harrison Ford for Scrimshaw. That'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then for the cowboy, I had a couple of, of, of options. I have three options. Now, my first that I'm going to that I'm going to say is Salma Hayek. Interesting. Now, my second that I'm going to say is Oscar Isaac, because this is this is ruined childhoods. And if we're not putting yeah. Oscar Isaac in the movie, we've got it's a problem. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. And the other idea that I had was put like Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as the cowboy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that'd be good. I could I, I could see it. <laughs> so, so, yeah. What are you thinking, John? Also a remake. So at the at the end of the movie it ends kind of leading into their next adventure. Um, yes. The movie ends, it seems, it's like the next day, <laughs> it feels like, oh. uh, but it's it's at Tuck and Lydia's wedding. And What's time that? out. Why are the people from the grocery store at Tuck and Lydia's wedding? <laughs> because they were in the movie. Because <laughs> they were. That's it. I know, it's like everyone who was, the other, Andrea Martin and Joe Flaherty from the doctor's office are, oh, are Joe Flaherty, Tuck and yeah. Lydia's wedding. Oh, was that Andrea Martin? I didn't even realize that. Andrea Martin, who, man, if she is not fantastic in that scene. Not unless you want me to. She, <laughs> oh yeah, she's, uh, she's on that show, Great News. It's on Netflix. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but it's like about a, like a, cable news network and she's in it and she's amazing. She's hilarious. Um, anyway. So yeah, I was thinking, Oh yeah. So let's go back to the ending of inner space. Right. So they're at the wedding of Tuck and Lydia, which really does feel like it's the very next day. I have no idea what the timeline is of this because then there's, he's like, Hey, thanks for those cruise tickets. And it's like, wait, the cruise didn't happen yet. And then the, the grocery store manager is like, so since you're not going on the cruise, you're going to come back to work. And he's like, wait, did no time go by at all? Um, I, may I speak yeah. to that for a moment? I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. Please. But no, no, no. This watching the movie recently was the first time that I, I was like, I realized I was like, the timeline is a little unclear because it also seems like he, he goes to that, to the thing at the beginning, uh, Tuck does. He gets drunk. Yeah. Lydia comes home with him, and then the next morning, she she leaves in the taxi. Leaves she he's standing there bare ass in San Francisco. Why not? And um, and that it seems like he goes almost straight from that to yeah, to go get shrunk. But I feel like there has to be some time in between. I was thinking about. I, I was like, with you. "There's got to be some time in between." Like Lydia dumps him and and leaves him, and he's not like, "All right, better go inside and put some pants on and go get shrunk." Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to ask questions about that because also, would he but really drink so much like the night before, dude? I don't know, man. 
<laughs> Wouldn't spinning around so much make him throw up? And by the way, how I this is a movie trope that I absolutely love that spinning around fast enough can do magical things like turn oh, yeah, back totally. time and shrink people. Well, essentially what's happening is he everything that's inside of that container uh, himself, the vessel, his clothing mm-hmm. uh, gets broken down into just the essential particles goes through a, a vent system, gets sucked into a thing, and then is re-put together, but smaller? I don't know. What if in the remake there, there's a fly that gets in there, and then, bam, Ooh. we've got inner space and Jeff Goldblum is in it. Um, but anyway, so my remake, uh, I, I think that now with technology and everything that um, we can do with visual effects – uh, you can really get inside the human body. I think that what they did actually looked pretty great considering the, you know, when it was made, but, uh, yeah, it, a remake would be so cool. And I don't know how much you'd really even need to change to keep it current with the times is really not that much. No. Uh, but the cast that I have and, Speaking of righteous gemstones, and maybe I just have him on the on the brain, but Danny McBride is Tuck Pendleton. How in, it's a different take. It's a mm. different take for sure. I but you know you've got the you've got the the charming wise ass. You know people. It's he's so easy to hate, but can like win you over by saying just the right thing. Um, I don't know. He, I I find him, I'm hit or miss with him actually, but like lately I've been really coming around on him. Now for Jack Putter, Eric Andre. Are you familiar with Eric Andre? Wait, where do I know him from? I know I know him from somewhere. He had, uh, he had this bizarre, I think it was uh Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, whatever, talk show, The Eric Andre Show. Yeah. Uh, he was on Man Seeking Woman with another person I was thinking of for Jack, Jake Baruchel, uh, um, Jay Baruchel. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I have to double check this, but I'm, I have to ask my wife, Alicia, if she knows him because he, Eric went, Andre? Cause he went to Berkeley College of Music and would have graduated the same year as her really if not the eric year. andre like they definitely would have been there at the same time because he graduated in 2005 i i chose him because i feel like he can get very physical in a really bizarre way but not in a way that's so similar to martin short who's very specific and twitchy but eric andre can like get crazy which i had in a in a scene where he turns into the cowboy i feel like he could really pull that off what are you what are you thinking no i i i have to say like i i to go back to thomas middleditch i think he would be a very mm-hmm. like okay martin short yeah for for the part um but yeah i like now i now who i now that i have confirmed and know who you're who you're talking about yeah yeah. Uh, for the Lydia character, uh-huh. I was thinking Lake. I was thinking Lake Bell. I feel yeah. like I uh, be, so we didn't go over this, but Lydia is a journalist. She does like you know hard journalism, like yeah. real deal stuff, like government corruption and things like that. I mean, isn't she a tech reporter, or, or is she a military? I mean, I, or is she, she's, she's definitely like she met Tuck because uh, she was doing a profile on him or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like Lake Bell, um, who was in the movie In a World, which she also directed and wrote. Uh, she's on the show Bless This Mess. She was on Children's Hospital. She's, she's in It's awesome. Complicated. I, yeah. I feel like she. I don't know. I, I would believe her as being like a serious journalist, but also being somebody who, you know, could be a romantic lead. Yeah. Well, um, what do you think about Maggie so, Sif? Who's that? Do you know, oh, you don't know. So she's on. So we've been watching Billions. We started watching Billions. Oh, okay. 
and she is um she plays both the kind of like head like psycho- psychiatrist i guess at the um the brokerage firm run by um uh, Damien Lewis's character who is also married mm-hmm. to Paul Giamatti's character he plays the um US attorney in the um southern district New York so Steve Billions yeah Steve Steve Billions no so she uh, she's also been in she was in um she was on Sons of Anarchy she was on Mad Men she played she was the daughter of the the guy who owned the department stores it's like early on season oh, one season two yeah she's he's, yes. she's the jewish girl that don draper bangs right. uh yeah. so yeah um but yeah, yeah, Matt, yeah i like her no you're talking about lake bell and a lot of i'm lake thinking bell. like similar qualities yeah uh for mr igo willem dafoe <gasps> yes i mean willem dafoe can do anything so yeah Yes, he can. Uh, for the cowboy, Ken Marino. <laughs> I love it. For Scrimshaw, Michael McKeon. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love Michael McKeon, so I have no argument yeah. with him. And for Margaret, Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet, the tr- singer? Are you tr- Yeah, well, the singer, but she was also in Hidden Figures. She's an actor. She's she was great in oh, hidden yeah. figures, actually. I, you know, yeah. I, I think I just I, I I think I just kind of think of her more for her music. But oh yeah, so yeah. yeah the problem is, is and, I and have then, not seen any of the movies that she's been in. Oh okay, um, she's wonderful. She's really great, and I feel like she has the um, the sense of humor to get the that Margaret character. You know, I stand corrected. I did see Bad Moms. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, and as far as directors go, I was thinking maybe Shane Black. Huh. Why Shane Black? Uh, I feel like he's really good at uh, action comedies. I mean, clearly it would be set at Christmas time. That's his thing. Uh, the other, the other yeah. ones I was thinking of were um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah. Although this might be a little small potatoes for them. Or no. Joe Dante. Why not Joe Dante, right? Why not Joe Dante? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I hadn't been thinking of, of creative, but it, it, I'd be interested to see the Wachowskis. Wachowskis. Oh. Wachowskis. Wachowskis. Yeah. Um, take on inner space it they their style might be a little too far out especially well, i mean did but, you see did you did, did you see jupiter ascending no i did not so then if you saw that you wouldn't let them near this but i did see speed racer oh okay but that's that's like earlier wachowskis okay yeah i mean but i guess that's have what you seen, have you seen cloud atlas Yes, I did see Cloud Atlas. You, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I feel I, like inner. I feel like I feel like inner space needs to have the comedy aspect to it that I don't know if they are really in tune with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is this is a movie about um, identity. It's a movie about like yeah, discovering who you are. Uh, well, geez, the Wachowskis are the perfect people for that. <laughs> uh, did you just say Wachowskis? Wow. Uh, yeah, I am apologize. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, uh, I I think that I mean I mean clearly we love inner space. Um, I wish that more people loved it at the time. Uh, it's a really fun watch. It holds up. Yeah. Like it really holds really up. Really does. Really does. No really nothing nothing too objectionable in it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the cowboy should have a more idea. specific accent, but yeah. Another idea for Scrimshaw would be Martin Short. Oh <laughs> that would be that would be fun. Yeah, or yeah, I'm tr- where where could you have Martin Short 
cameo in in this. The doctor, the the grocery store manager. Yeah, that's kind of what. I, yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking. The the grocery store manager, though. I don't know. It's kind of like you can't put Martin Short in it if you're not going to have him do something bigger. So yeah, or the cowboy. Well, I mean, think <laughs> about. Yeah, right. He was in uh, Inherent Vice. His yeah. role was like pretty small. Wasn't he the know, dentist he, in that? He was. Uh, I mean, he was a dentist, but he was also a. I like. I can't even remember exactly yeah. what his role was, but he was a. He was. I remember because I actually I read the book, and which fortunately, because otherwise I wouldn't have had a clue of what was going on in the movie, but. I watched that movie under very awkward circumstances. Uh-huh. I was with I, I was uh recently with my then girlfriend, now wife, I believe is how it was at the time. And we were with her like uncle and cousins, and there the movie has a lot of nudity in it that uh and we were in a very small room together. Oh yeah. And I was kind of like, I don't know these people well enough <laughs> to feel comfortable with this. Yeah, definitely a lot of nudity. In, in that movie. Uh, I mean, yeah. just from reading the book, I was like, how did they even make this? Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Interspace. Anyway, so that's oh, Interspace. Man. Yeah, I, I really, I can't, oh, you know who would be make a fun Interspace? Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah, he would be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's busy. He's got plenty, plenty going on. But I feel like he, he kind of, because I think Edgar Wright also has that handle on really how to use visual effects well. Yeah. Like Scott Pilgrim. Talk about movies that really utilize visual effects well. It's kind of like, yeah. there's really nothing else like it. It's it's a great movie. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it really captures the spirit of what I know of the graphic novels. Right. Yeah. And he does that. Yeah. I mean, action comedy, man, that's that. Yeah. That's his thing. He does it. Yeah. It's my yeah. thing. That's what I do. So Dan, I uh, do you want to tell everyone what we're doing on our, on our next episode? You don't look like you're, you completely forgot what we're going to talk about. We got so I'll tell you this. It's going to be, one oh, that's, it's going to be, it's going to be harder to get our six degrees of Lorenzo's Wait, hold oil. Hold on a second. One. I, I, I think I feel like I remember what what we said we were going to do. Um, um, life is a this box of chocolates. Uh, oh my god, cabaret! Oh, we're cabaret, cabaret! Right, we're doing cabaret. <laughs> so we, we threw around so many titles, but yes, we are doing cabaret. The Bob Fosse cinematic wonder starring Liza Minnelli. The Liza and Joel Minnelli. Gray. Yeah. Liza uh, with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never seen it before. Neither I'm have I. I'm very excited. Yeah. I am extremely excited. Oh, speaking of Sam Rockwell earlier, who played Bob Fosse and Fosse Verdon. Yeah, which, by the way, if anyone hasn't seen Fosse, I still have to watch, I think, the last episode of it. <laughs> Oh, it's really good. But man, they are Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell are amazing. Oh my god. Yeah. She is so good. She really, you, know, you don't realize yeah. you don't realize how good Michelle Williams is in Fosse Verdon until you take a step back and be like, "Well, wait, that's Michelle Williams." Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the that's the girl from Dawson's Creek from the wrong side of the track. She was in Venom last year. She was in Venom last year. Hey, I like Venom. And <laughs> Venom was Venom was fine. Hey, look, man, Michelle like, Williams got to pay the bills too, right? Yeah. I mean, she was she a is, but Brokeback Mountain, Brokeback Mountain, she was the standout and that was like an acting oh, movie, but she was the standout in that movie. She was maybe the only good part of all the money in the world. Oh, I didn't see that, but... I think I watched it on a plane, but she was excellent. Yeah, I'll, I'll do apologies to Ridley Scott, but I kind of forgot it, it existed. Yeah. Yeah. Fraught with controversy. It was fraught with controversy, right? It was Kevin Spacey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that house well, of cards anyway, fell. anyway... All right. We're going to talk about Cabaret on the next episode. Cabaret. It's Cab... Oh, I'm going to sing. I can't wait. All right. <laughs> it's All one right, of my Dan, favorite musicals. You have a good journey. You too. Good journey, folks.
Help me. 